Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast after a bit of a disappointing week. I'm not going to lie, I fought 4-1, it ended up 2-2. We're joined by Angela, say hello Angela. Oh my God, you've started telling me what to do already, I can't be coping with this after yesterday. Hello everybody. <laughs> do it <as> all. <laughs> uh, so we'll discuss first off what a disappointing day yesterday was. A good for the fans, it was great, especially where I was, because there was banter flying left, right and centre. There was a bit a bit of argy-bargy at half-time trying to get through the gates. But, to be honest, the game was a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? I thought Stoke started very sloppily. Um, considering that at Nottingham Forest, you know, he, he'd said after that match that we'd got to take care of the ball better. I, I just thought... I didn't think we looked up for it for most of the match, to be honest. When I say up for it, I didn't think we looked on form. And the first 20 minutes were very sloppy. And, and the goal we gave away to start with was awful. We were very lucky to get back in it. I still say he was offside. I still don't think he touched it, but he told me he did. So he touched it. But as far as I was concerned, he was offside. But then I thought Taylor was offside for their equaliser. But we threw two points away again. So in two matches, we've thrown away four points. And that's the thing that might just gall me at the end of the season if we miss out on the playoffs. Now, you're going to tell me already we're out. I don't believe we are. From what I saw yesterday, we just weren't, we didn't seem like we were the same that I'd saw us a week before um, against Forest in the match. It was at Swansea, but Swansea are plummeting like stone. They lost to Sheffield United. I mean, they lost to Sheffield United. That's how bad Swansea are at the moment. 4 um, 0. Yesterday, we just didn't, we just didn't seem up for it yesterday. I think. Madge not being a part of it left us a bit toothless up front and I think Campbell with Madge would have made a big difference like I said last week but I think he got Covid or had a test just before and, and got Covid they're hoping he's back for Luton obviously but, yeah, I agree. but it was a disappointing performance and if it wasn't for Campbell yesterday I think we would have to be honest I think we would have lost that game they, they just look more up for it which is really surprising because there's no pace in that Birmingham team no, but you look at Birmingham and, and you look at... Historically, there are always clubs that do well against other clubs and unfortunately, Birmingham always seem to grind grind out results against us. And I'll say it again, I don't know how either of the Gardeners, there's but two of them have played, but yesterday, Gardner took a bloke out at Shin Height and there wasn't one booking in the game. But I, I don't think there's a booking. You know, I, I, I just find the refereeing standards. Not that it would have made a difference to the game, I find the refereeing standards shocking. Yeah, they are absolutely disgraceful. I mean, there should have been at least one red card for me. It's definitely the garden, yeah. the other garden. <laughs> but, yeah. but it was a, it was just a disappointing display. And before we make everybody depressed, we'll go on with player ratings. So we jump in straight away with Joseph Berzik. Now, I thought Berzik was better than he, he had looked in the previous game. Um, I think there's a bit of a way to go he's, look he's a young lad he's going to be um, hit and miss occasionally I think he will be the better goalkeeper than Adam, Adam Davies eventually he caught the ball well yesterday um, he didn't really have a chance with either goal but I did also think he was a little bit at fault with the setup for the first goal because I thought his pass out whilst it should have been controlled it wasn't the best use of a, of a ball so for me he's getting a six uh, I'm going with a five for Berzik, to be honest. Um, he, he, he was definitely at fault for the first goal, and I thought he was slow to react to the second one, to be honest. I, I know there was not a lot I could have, he could have done with the shots, but I think he should have been moving quicker 
when the ball came to because basically it, it, from what I saw it looked like a pass to their player from one of ours I know it was yeah. a deflection but it looked like I think it was Jagielka wanted or Bellish yeah. who looked like he pa- that was at fault yeah, who, who pretty much passed it to him but the one yeah. thing I did like about what he was doing yesterday was being very continental as people would say being a sweeper keeper coming yeah. out and trying to get 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 the defence away and trying to make things happen through that. But I still think it was a poor display to me, to be honest. I still believe there's a long way to go yet for Berzik. Yeah, I agree. It, and that's just what I'm going to say. Right, now we move into me. Man of the match without question, Ben Wilmot. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Was that before he was taken ill or after he was taken? It doesn't matter, he's carrying on. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was his best day. I... I did speak to Michael and he asked why he was taken off and he said he had stomach problems and they were getting worse um, I thought he was a bit stitched up if that's the right term for the first goal because I didn't think the pass to him was great so I'm going to give uh, your mate Ben five five? yeah it's a bit harsh that is I'm getting with a six for Ben Wilmot to be honest oh my god um, I thought he, he was trying he to be all action for both the goals how can you give him I'm, I'm giving him a six because he set up Campbell for the second goal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, okay. And he started to play for the first goal as well, if you remember yeah, the ball across. Right. Just come on. You, you can't you can't hate Ben Wilmot this much. But <laughs> to be honest, he didn't have his best. It was a bit of a mixed bag, really. But I think because of the assists and trying to get us forward a lot more than usual, I think he, he don't, I don't think he was well, which is obviously the reason why I was subbed off quite well, early. I felt bad after some of his work, so there you go. Well, there you go, but you were just looking at the defensive side, not the attacking side. Yeah, but look, he's, he's a centre-half, he's playing out of position, so I'll, I'll give him that. Mm. That's why he's getting a five. Yeah, he's, got, he's getting a six from me, but I thought he did well for the second goal. I think his pass-through was quite nice. He did a couple of good crosses as well, which went to no-one because there was no-one there. So I'm going to give him a six. Right, now we move okay. into Josh Tymon. I didn't think he was a great, in fact, I thought he was pretty poor, um, to be honest, but... He had that one effort that hit the um, hit the bar, which, you know, if that had gone in, it would have been a different game. If Klukasis had gone in in the first couple of minutes, it would have been a different game. But I thought he, I didn't think he played well at all, if I'm being honest. He defended OK. Um, I'm going to give him less than Ben Wilmot. I'm going to give him a four. Yeah, I'm following up with that for I thought every time he tried to pass the ball, he was giving the ball away. I thought he, he was at fault for not tracking Taylor down for the yeah. equaliser. Um, yeah, he had a good chance to score, which, you know, it's from distance, it's always pot luck, isn't it? But I thought he had a bad game time. And we, we've been bringing his praise up because over the last couple of games, he has been playing well. But it's, he's gone back to his normal, inconsistent self again. And he's well, not. I would call it anonymous, really. He's nearly all, it was nearly anonymous for the game, and then he just has a couple of flashes. Well, that's the problem I've been saying all the way through the season that he has got good ability now and then, but he yeah. doesn't he doesn't shout enough. He does like what he was doing against Forest. I liked it because he was he was shouting for the ball. He was yeah. trying to get himself in space. But yesterday, he, just, he was back again, walking yeah. around with his mouth open, just sort of like waiting for things come to him and. You can't play like that if you want to play at the higher level. You've got to get involved. You know, I know Cristiano Ronaldo, as we're all watching it live, he, he sort of like walks around with his mouth open, but when he gets the ball, something happens. And that's that's the thing. But not when you play at such a pinnacle place as at left-back, where you've got to break yeah. forward and, and support on the left side. It was poor. 
Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not impressed with him at all. Right, so now we both go into, for me, he's worse Bill Jagielka. Now, I would agree with you. I thought he was poor. I thought he looked tired. I don't know if he's carrying an injury, but the one thing I can't understand is, what, is he 39? Um, I know he's played a lot of games for Derby. I thought he looked off the pace yesterday, and he's brought Moore in, presumably as a backup. When Moore played and Jagielka couldn't because of the cup tie... I thought Moore played really well, and I I think that he'll play more midweek. I definitely think he'll he'll play him play him on uh, Wednesday against Luton. I really do. Uh, I thought he looked tired. I thought he looked slightly off the pace. Uh, I didn't think he had a good game at all. But um, I'm going to give him the same as Ben Wilmot a five. I'll give Jagielka a four, to be honest, for yesterday. I thought he was poor, very poor. He tried bringing the ball out a lot through Basic's passing, but he kept losing the ball. And he had the ball way too much as well for a man of his age. And you could see that every time he was trying to pass the ball forward, it was going to a Birmingham player. Yesterday, we shot ourselves in the foot. I don't care what anybody says. You say that, and I'd give him a five. Um, he's, he's not the best of... Um, I thought he was the best of our defenders. Yeah, which says a lot. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gone to the worst rated one yet. <laughs> but I, I thought he was... The problem is yesterday, I think he had too much of the ball. He couldn't do anything with it. People weren't moving around, which we're going to go to the worst player later on. He's midfielder. Definitely going to get a roasting. And he, he was passing, trying to get him involved in the game, but he kept standing next to the midfielders. Yeah, true. And Jaggy Elk was sort of left there passing the ball away and giving it away which I know it's not 100% his fault which is why he's getting a four because his display if it wasn't for another player he'd be getting lower trust me it was a poor display from Jaggy Elke. Okay. right now we move into Harwood Bellish well it, it, I mean he, he made really he made a record didn't he it was a really costly mistake when he sort of air, did an air clearance um, which was poor um, I thought he I thought he was asleep as well at one or two times. He's getting a four off me. Uh, he's getting a three from me, uh, Balish. I thought he was the worst defender on the pitch yesterday. Um, he, he made a great pass for the equaliser, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautifully passed through to him. I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. I, I, I've watched that back three times. I don't know what he was doing for that ball. He came yeah. across, he wasn't coming up to him quick. He, he had plenty of time to think about doing, just boot it into the stand. Yeah. You know, but he did this weird little flick, passed it straight to their player, bang, 2-2, we get a draw again. Another bit of... Because I've been praising him so much of how well he's been playing and then yeah. yesterday he was he was out of the game. A lot of the time he was he, he got caught by the opposition forward line and, you know, Jaggy Elkin sometimes bears. You can't come along and save him. Even Ben, ben Wilmot had to track back. For me, he shouldn't have played yesterday. I know it's all an hindsight, but he didn't look fit to me. He looked ill or fit. There was something wrong with him yesterday. He really looked out the game. Yeah. Which is why he's getting a free. Right, now we're going to Joe Allen. I didn't think I'd say this, but I thought Joe Allen was our man of the match, and that includes the guy that scored two goals. I thought Joe Allen was solid, um, the best of um, what wasn't the greatest team performance, and... I don't want to give a man in a match seven, so I'm giving him an eight. He didn't stop. He didn't stop running around. He was tackling. Um, he was doing his best. So he's an eight from me. Uh, it gets seven from me because he's not quite man of the match for me. But he played really well yesterday. <laughs> Him 
which is the first time I've said it in a long time, because it, to be honest, he was doing two man's jobs at the same time. He, he was also doing Klukas' job, because we'll get on to him in a minute. But <laughs> he, he was defending well, he was trying to break the football forward. He did well yesterday, Joe Allen. I'll give him good credit this time. Yeah, he's second to man of the match for me, but good performance, and I want more of that from him, really. Right, right. now we move into my last week's man of the match, Lewis Baker. Yeah, I thought he had the, the quietest game he's had since he's joined us. And I think one of the reasons was um, he was playing too deep. I think he's better playing forward. I, I didn't think he played uh, particularly well. It was just a quiet game. It was the worst game he'd had for us, in my opinion. So he's a five. He gets uh, four from me, Lewis Baker. I thought he was poor yesterday. I think he was caught hiding a lot. Yeah, I agree he was too deep, but we brought him in for that role. So I'm not going to make any... Any like decision saying that he's too deep and this kind of stuff. He's, he, we brought him in to be an old midfielder, and yesterday he didn't look like one. Joe Allen was having to cover him a few times because, he, again, same as Howard Bellish, he looked tired and he looked mm. tired early on. But yesterday he was very poor. That's that that was a real disappointing show for me yesterday when I looked at him like that. For me, he should have been Ayat and replaced the power role for me, yeah. rather than being in the deeper old midfield role. But obviously, because we brought him in for that position. He's got to play there, and I thought he was very poor yesterday. Right, so now we move on to, for me, definite contender for worst player on the pitch, Sam Klukas. Well, he had that really good chance early doors, which, as far as I'm concerned, he fluffed it, which could have made the whole match so different. He disappeared for long parts of the game, which he's tended to do this season. I mean, you always know that he's not going to play as well when he hasn't played for a team, and I don't think he's ever played for Birmingham on loan or as a player, so we were expecting him not to play well. But the thing that irritates me now about Klukas is every ball he passes, virtually every ball, is backwards. There's hardly anything forwards. It's nearly all backwards. And I thought he was appalling. I'm giving him a three. Uh, being nice, there, I'm giving Klukas a one for yesterday. I thought he was easily one of the worst performances I've seen for a long time. We even had my mate Tim, who we mentioned last week, he sent me two videos because he's now got on his phone now and on YouTube, he's now got the uh, Klukas cam, which he's done live, <laughs> so you can watch live live motions. <laughs> <laughs> well, if everyone wants to have a look, it's on the on my group page, the Potters. Get yourself yeah, on there have a look. And, and have a look, and you'll be able to see <laughs> Lucas Camp. I mean, it was it, the sad thing is that we're expecting it now. I, I'm sure Lucas is very much a confidence player or a person on a mission when he's playing one of his uh, previous clubs. But the thing that amazed me was how annoyed he was when he was subbed. I know. I mean, I was we were purposely watching him for a, a long time, and he was just walking round, standing next to Birmingham players. Yeah, he must know know this uh, Gardner. Must know him well because he, yeah. he was standing yeah, next to time. him yeah. for like thirty minutes. I, honestly, I would have took him off at half time. I would have yeah. took him off at half time and gone get off because he was doing. Is that what you'd have said to him? Get off. Yeah, I would, well, it would have been more arse language, which we're not going to use now yeah. because this has become Maybe more of a. Anyway. It's, it's become more of a. <laughs> A family show. There's the odd swear word slips through, but it's 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 for the yeah, for the kids. We'll just go with the ending and off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get off. <laughs> but yeah, yesterday he was off. absolutely appalling. 
right. apart from that early stage, that is it from Sam Klukas. So G- can I take it as read that you're not going to be chair of this fan club anymore? No, that that's okay. well and truly, that chair has well and truly been kicked. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got the ice. He was absolutely appalling yesterday and he deserves his one. Because to be honest, if, if it wasn't for the facts that he did have a shot, it, it would have been zero. I've got to be honest, he was that poor yesterday. Okay. Right, so now we've to it to a player that still, I think he's, he's a weapon that we're going to use, but I think he did have a bit of an off-coloured day yesterday, which is Philogene Bidace. I think he was so desperate to do well against Birmingham, being a Villa boy, that he tried to do too much himself. And, and, and because he wasn't getting a great deal of help from other people, um, look, he was the only one that really gave us any attacking intent for large parts of the game. But his decision making's not great. He, he's another one that reminds me. Now he's a name for the past. Peter Beagrey. I'll Peter beat you twice. I'll go back and beat you the third time. Um, he just made too many wrong choices for me. But he, he puts a shift in. He works really hard. He's difficult to to knock off the ball. And uh, I, you know, apart from his poor decision making yesterday, I'm giving him a seven. Uh, I'll give him a six for yesterday. Uh, I, I did like his intent. He was he was trying. I think I agree with you. He was trying too hard, but everything he was doing was was basically running into a Birmingham player. Every time he got the ball and tried to do too much, he got tackled or lost the ball or went out for a throw in. There was a couple of times where, you know, it, it looked like he was asking for people to come and help him. I mainly Josh Tam, and he was just standing around with his mouth open. He should have been overlapping him so he could add somebody to pass to. But he's, he's still a weapon, he is, that, that is really going to help this club if we oh, do. Yes, if, if we, if we are going to scrape in it. I hope he, he, he has the game of his life, God willing, on Wednesday. If he's fit. Mm. And that's the thing. Right, so now we'll go in for my man of the match. Um, oh, I knew. Just a typical glory hunter, Ian. He I, scores two goals. So you're going to make him man of the match? Man of the match, Jacob, no. <laughs> Tarris Campbell, <laughs> with his Fuller-esque finish. Which, which, well, the which... second one was, and in fact, you've nicked that from me, because I made that comment yesterday, so that's copyrighted. Uh, the first one, I, I, look, he was there, he claimed it, brilliant. Lovely through ball raking pass. He had the ability to do, as Stoke said, the deftest of touches. And then he scores the second goal. And I have to say, apart from that, the, and look, I like Tyrese Campbell and I'm not knocking him, but I burst out laughing because when he was subbed, it was the fastest he moved on the pitch to get off. I was laughing because where was that turn of speed earlier on? Having said that, if he came on every match and did nothing and then scored two goals, which one is the match he should win when he scored two at home, then um, then I'll, I'll keep him all day long. But for me, he's getting a seven. He's getting an eight from me, and I think you're talking absolute nonsense. I thought yesterday he didn't do a lot other than the goals, I agree, but he, he did do a couple of touches, which I thought were better than anybody else. And to be honest, it wasn't easy picking a man of the match from yesterday's performance, to be honest. I thought Joe Allen sh- did shine a bit yesterday, but yeah, I think... But you're, you're not giving him man of the match. I'm not, what you should have done. I'm not going to do it because he, he didn't do anything. He didn't score two goals, and that's that's mainly the thing. His first goal was like a, a beautiful knee and ankle into the bottom corner. And then the second one did remind me of Fuller against Birmingham yeah. in the Premier League a while yeah, ago. Yeah, brilliant. That was brilliant. I mean, he's clearly a natural finisher. Uh, he's clearly still not 100% fit because he told me he wasn't 100% fit but um, look he's getting fitter and can you imagine if he does get back to full fitness 
uh, what a force we will be when he plays, my mate Jaden plays, and um, you know Jacob Brown's played in his correct position. Or magic. <laughs> or magic. Who <laughs> is good? <laughs> That's yeah. really uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think at the moment, which is which has gone against us at this moment in time, I think as two best finishers aren't match fit yet in Magic and Campbell, and I think yeah. that might play a hand in why we don't break into the playoffs this this year. Yeah. To be okay. honest, because right. I mean Campbell yesterday he wasn't fit, but he took away two chances, and one of them was a yeah, great absolutely. finish. Absolutely, and he, I, I think that's brilliant. Especially when he made a mockery of that defender who's who's been fit all season and then just placed it in the corner. Fantastic yeah. finish, and well, he deserves man of the match for that for me. Because no, at the end of the day, there was no right. tells getting me off my arse, apart from angry <laughs> shouting at Clucas. Apart from trying to break those doors down yeah. at half time. Yeah, or trying to get all the Clucas. But, but anyway, now we'll move into Jacob Brown. Well, I say it every match. He works so hard. But I'm not sure how anybody expects Jacob Brown to make an impact from the centre-forward spot. He's not a centre-forward. He'll never be a centre-forward. So his, his running around doesn't really do a great deal when he's in in a centre-forward position. I'm giving him a six. Hey, he's getting a five from me, Jacob Brown. I thought You're so harsh. It, it you was. A, like him. I, I do. You know, I like Jacob Brown. He's just a top goal scorer. You know, I like Jacob uh, Brown. But to I'm be honest, mediocre. You can't give him a five if he's mediocre. You can't I, give him a six. I, no, I thought he was yesterday. Okay. I, I can't remember him doing anything. I can't remember him having a shot. The the only thing I'll, which is what's keeping him up there as a five is he was grafting hard, and he did take the ball off a better defender a couple of times. Uh, to me. He's, he's the worst player to put on that role on his own. Madge is the best, but obviously he wasn't fit. But, you know, at this moment in time, who do you pick? You're not going to pick Fletcher, who, who hasn't got the legs. It's got to be Brown at this moment in time. You can't put Campbell up there on his own because he's not a knockdown man. He is literally just a finisher. So I, I do feel sorry for Brown, which is why I've given him a five, because it would have gone lower, really, because I thought, I thought he did nothing yesterday in that position. And it's okay. it's a bit of a letdown. Right, so now moving to the subs and DiMaggio, Phillips, Fake Lucas, which we probably got the second biggest cheer of the night. Yeah, um, I thought he had a nice little run around the pitch. He, he tries. I mean, I, I do think that um, he is best suited coming off the bench at the moment. Um, he, he did as much as he could. I'm giving him a six. Uh, five again for DiMaggio, right, Phillips. I think... To be honest, though, with the amount of time he had on the pitch, he did a hell of a lot more than Klukas did in, in, in the... He did a lot more than most did. I know. He was running round. He was trying to get in. For me, it should have been a hell of a lot earlier, which is why Michael O'Neill's going to get a bit of a a bit of a roasting on this week's one. But, again? Yeah, well, not again. He's had, he's had nothing but praise over the last two, three weeks. You know that very well. But this week he is going to get a roasting. I'm sorry. He's going to get a roasting. You are not a fisherman. Because I did put down 4-1 and he's let me down but I thought right Phillips to be honest I would have played right Phillips That that's just my opinion I would have played him because I think Lucas yeah he's experienced he's got a lot of games behind him but he has he, he doesn't want beer anymore from the way no, he's he playing can't. well the thing is what Lucas is probably thinking now is hang on a minute when Sawyer's is fit and when Powell's fit I ain't going to get the team anyway good go right yeah. so now we're moving to Stephen Fletcher for Tyrese Campbell now, this is just a measure, in my mind, my opinion, obviously, of where the club has come from. 
in the past, if Stephen Fletcher was injured, we were saying, oh, no chance, because, you know, when Campbell was out, no chance if, if Fletcher's not playing. Now, when he comes on, I think, oh, my goodness, he can't hold the ball up, he's ineffective. Now, that might be because he's not playing a lot, um, but I think Stephen Fletcher, apart from his legs are going, which you've said, um, I think his guile's gone a bit, and uh, for me, he's lucky to get a five. Uh, a four from me, um, Stephen Fletcher, did absolutely nothing when he came on. And I was actually fuming because of what he Campbell get his hat-trick. Because the yeah. thing is with Campbell, I understand that he's not 100% fit, this, that and the other. And this is another reason why Mr O'Neill's going to get a roasting. Campbell, I thought, was the only one who was going to get us back into winning that game. Because there was no there was no creativity coming from going to come from Brown. And Fletcher, what the hell's the point of bringing him on? And... I was really, really disappointed because we were thinking of going at that point. We were thinking, come on, let's go. We'll get on the buzz early, get on a warm seat because it was freezing yesterday. I'll, I'll add that in. But Fletcher come on, did nothing, and we drew 2-2. Terrible substitution. Okay. In my view, terrible substitution. Oh. Right, now we're going to Tommy Smith for King Wilmot. Uh he did nothing really. He shook hands, ran about a bit. I'll give him a five. Uh, four again, Tommy Smith. Uh, Smith. Okay. Absolute nothing again. Didn't create anything. And we, and for me, we looked more toothless when he came on. Because yeah. uh, to be honest, the, the thing is with Smith, I know Wilmot's a bit dodgy when it comes down to defensive decisions on the right side, but he does a hell of a lot more than Smith does when he plays it right back. And... Smith came on, and we all know why. He got a bit of a stomach cramp or some sort of stomach bug, Wilmot. So he made the decision, but for me, it brought nothing. He didn't even look. He didn't. He didn't speed anything up. They were, they were, they were all poor substitutions. I've got to be honest, except for obviously Dimaggio. What would you have changed then? What well, I would you have subbed. Well, I would have brought on. Um, I would have brought on. To be honest, right, Phillips at half time for Lucas because of how garbage Lucas was for most of the game even in the first 45 minutes and I probably would have brought on um, Liam Moore and put Jaggy Elke, not Jaggy Elke um, Elwood Bellyship right back rather than right, okay. rather than bringing on Smith because right, I think okay. these kind of players like Smith and Fletcher for me now they're players that are going to be gone in the summer I think they know it I think Lucas Stoke will try get rid of him though he's, yeah. he's got another year left but I think now Smith and Fletcher know their careers are looking elsewhere. Right. Well, you know when you talk about a plan B, as you have done? Yeah. What would your plan B be? Because if you haven't got the players to change the game and you looked at yesterday's bench, how would you have changed it? I know you've said you'd have brought DiMaggio on, but what else would you have changed? I mean, I, I give him credit for sticking to to the system he had. He brought DiMaggio on to try and change things. Um, I don't think that taking Campbell off was a bad thing because he will clearly start on Wednesday. Who else would you have brought on? What would you have done to change it? Well, at half-time, I would have gone higher. Um, yeah, okay. I would have I would have brought Lucas off and, and put DiMaggio right behind Brown so he could support Brown. And then he'd play more as a two rather than a than Brown isolated next to defenders. So I would have had DiMaggio playing behind him in that hole, trying to get anything that drops off Brown. But it would also bring Brown into the game a bit more. And then bring Philogene in, in Campbell a bit closer in to go at them with pace. 
because because the thing is with Campbell, even late on in the game, he gets half a chance in the box, it'll go in, and we win the game. And right. but when you take off Campbell and bring on Fletcher, that pace is gone. But there's still a massive gap between the strikers and the midfield, which was clear to see yesterday. The yeah. ball would drop to Joe Allen or Bart Baker, and he'd be looking around going, Philogene, because he was the only one dropping back. Well, I would have had. I would have brought Demarjo in, played him higher up with Brown, and then he could have done the dropping back, and Philogene could have just done what he normally does, where he, he picks up and runs at players instead of dropping deep, trying to beat three players instead of just the one. That's yeah, what I would okay. have done. All right. I was, does that? How does that work for you? You're deluded. I'm deluded. Well, I, <laughs> you say all these things, but there is a basic premise that that you seem to be missing. What? As long as we've got defenders who make ridiculous mistakes at the most odd occasions that turn out sloppy, that can't pass to their own players, you don't match who you bring on. You could bring Messi and Ronaldo on. The other team will still score. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, if, if we're actually holding the ball up and controlling it in their half rather than... But we aren't! Yeah, I, yeah I know that because, because Lucas was standing around with his mouth open for 70 yeah, minutes. Right. So and we're blame Lucas's mouth. Fair enough. And Timons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Out of the mouth. <laughs> and Bellish as well. He was crap and all. But yeah, for, for me, I just thought that we just needed to go at them a bit more. And yesterday it was we were just so lethargic. There was no attacking. Yeah. Everybody was dropping deep. And yeah. And it, it, for me, but that always happens when Lucas plays. Whenever Lucas yeah. plays alongside Alan, it seems like we're always dropping deeper. Rather than okay. going for right. it, and that's right. what I'm going to so say. What are you giving him? What score are you giving him? Who? Our manager. Oh no, that's not. Yeah, yeah that's not. Uh, well, jump, I wanted jump. you to get while you were on a roll. You see. Yeah, you've you've jumped into gun there, face. We're going to have to do the the whole of the Stoke performance rating. Five. Five. Yeah. I'll go over four. <laughs> <laughs> it was like watching paint dry and freezing. Oh, this is the first time in a while where most of the time I was I was um, saying sweet nothings to the Birmingham fans. But anyway, it's uh, now we're moving. Off. Is what? Ending it off. Uh, some of it, yeah. But I'll take focus with you. <laughs> you can have him. <laughs> right. So now we'll move into Michael O'Neill's rating. Right. Well, I'm going to give him a six. That's nice. I'm going to go on with a five. Right. I think his subs were a bit too late, but given the bench, um, the one thing I was laughing about yesterday was when I was looking at the bench, I was saying to myself, what a shame we haven't got Tom Ince, and then crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you we'd regret letting Tom Ince go. I uh, mean, you did, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did say. But um, I thought the substitutions were way too late and I mean way yeah. the game was drifting away from us very quickly in the second after Campbell had scored and for me the subs made no impact whatsoever especially the Smith and Fletcher one absolutely pointless I think DiMaggio was too deep and couldn't get involved enough I think Philogene was having to do too much work which nullifies him of what, what we know he's good at and I just thought that to be honest, it was a real, real dodgy show yesterday. I think the the way they set up was right and wrong. I, I just didn't think he had a good, a good game for me. No, Mark O'Neill. Right. Right. So now we're moving to the referee rating. As you've you've slacked him off, so we've got to give him a rating. Everybody asked for it now. Well, I'm, I'm 
honestly, there's very few matches where you don't see anybody boots. I thought he was pretty poor. There was um, at least one occasion where he was standing two foot from the ball. It went out. He waited for the linesman. He then let the, the, the game carry on. And then a couple of minutes later, he decided, yeah, I think that ball was out for a throw-in. Uh, he should have booked Gardner. For me, he's getting a three. Uh, I'm going to give him a two. I thought he was pretty woeful, to be honest. I think, yes, definitely, definitely should have been a red card. Yeah. Um, we've, I think it was Craig. Is it, which Gardner was Craig it? Gardner, it, Craig Gardner. Yeah, the failed Premier League player. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I was thinking of. And I just thought it was a, a dodgy a dodgy refereeing. To be honest, we've got to talk about that. The standards of refereeing that we've seen this season. Awful. Absolutely awful. Is that all you've got to say? Just awful? Yes, because I don't want to use the word that comes before off. Awful. They're just awful. How many times do I need to say they are awful? The problem is, and one of the problems that I think Stoke have, is that we seem to just be very passive when they give a foul or a penalty against us. Every other club, they're either rolling around the floor, up having a go at the rest. There has to be a happy medium where, you know, we don't do several toe loops and sankos and, and roll around for hours, but at least, you know, just keep having a go at the referee. Just get in his ear and say, have you not seen that foul? Have you not seen that? Are you blind? Is your middle name Stevie Wonder? You know, I mean, anything. Yeah, it, it's it's been a, this season. Refereeing standards have, have really dropped. I thought it was bad last year when Watford got a goal from pushing one of our pushing one of our goalkeeper wanted into the back of the net and being given a goal. I thought he couldn't yeah. get any worse, but it, they keep going on. You know, the only real we've had probably about five players who should have been sent off, who should have been sent off. The only one that's really has been sent off that definitely should have been was Sambi. Yeah. You know, and I just wanted to ask how far that, how far is it going now with the statue outside the ground of Samba? Well, uh, you you decide that. You, uh, you are now, as you won't be the chair of Sam Cookers's fan club anymore. You are now statue director. <laughs> don't say that. That could still include Cookers, couldn't it? Oh, don't be, don't be silly. As a director of statues. <laughs> or, or talking to Great Gardner for now for something. <laughs> Yeah, it's got something's got to be done, Harry. Something's got to be changed. I mean, there was rumours this week that um, VAR is coming to the championship next season. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll probably get the first VAR operator that only works on Braille to give all the decisions against us because it's just the way it goes. It's still, I laugh. I now laugh at some of the decisions. I'm sure other fans of other clubs do, but some of the decisions that get given against us are are farcical. Yeah, they aren't very good, are they? Let's be honest. It, no. it, it's it's got to be it's got to be summed up and changed, hasn't it? Yeah, correct. So, Ange, we'll go into the next topic, which is obviously: can we make the playoffs? A lot of fans now are sort of changing their mind after that result. Are we consistent enough now to hit this run that we've been on about and break into that top six? Right. Um, I want you to sit down now and take some deep breaths because. Everybody was saying we had got to beat Notts, Nottingham Forest to have a chance of getting into the playoffs. Everybody said we got to beat Birmingham to have a get of the chance in the playoffs. It would appear that every other football club, <coughs> excuse me, is struggling to score too. I mean, there were very few results 
that um, didn't end in, in points dropped yesterday. So, as far as I'm concerned, unless we get to the last five matches um, where we're six points adrift, I still believe we've got a chance of getting into the playoffs because you look at other teams that have had a good run. Huddersfield, I mean, Huddersfield have had so much luck. They got a penalty yesterday that wasn't a penalty. They had a player that should have been sent off against us. I mean, you, you have runs like this in the season. I believe Huddersfield will have a bad run. I believe one or two other clubs. Look at West Brom. You think we're having a bad run. They're on a mare at the moment. Queen's Park Rangers, very lucky to get over the line yesterday. So I think, ready, sitting down. I'm sat down. If we smash, God willing, Nathan Jones's Luton on Wednesday... I think we still got a chance of six spots. If we don't, I think we'll need snookers. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the fence, to be honest with you. Um, the problem is, I'm seeing glimpses where I'm, I'm looking at us going, yeah, we can do this, like the performance against Forest, but then we slipped up. We still keep slipping up defensively at key, key times for me. Yesterday was one, when... Yeah, fair enough, the first goal, it's early on, it doesn't matter so much. But when, you know, Bellish decides to pass the ball to... was It, it wasn't the fat lad, was it? Who scored the second? I can't think who it was. I can't remember. It wasn't the fat lad, at least. That's that's good. But defensively, we're still making daft errors at key times. It seems to be whenever we score, it seems like we, we make a horrific error and we, we're back to 1-1 or 2-2 and things like that. I think until... Until we stop that, and until we can consistently keep a squad, which I know is hard, but I just I just can't see us scraping up, up to that sixth place at this moment. We're too inconsistent for me. I, I, I agree we're inconsistent, but yesterday, for example, if you try and take the positives, we had 71% possession yesterday, which doesn't mean that you're going to win. Teams win without, you know, you can have one shot on target, you can have... 89% possession for the other side of the team or 90% and you get one shot and you score, you win, right? That's our problem. It's, it's, it's having as much of the ball as possible and making silly mistakes. If we get to change the mindset of the defence, which is obviously trying to do, where if you need to just get rid of the ball or don't switch off, then I think there's, there's loads of chance that we could make the last six, but it's going to, it's going to take a much improved defence in terms of pushing forward and I, I, we've got to have a run every team yeah we had a bit of a run at the start didn't we what was it the first five five games yeah which, really we, well. yeah, which I think um, is what's kept I mean, us there I mean we've in the second half of the season we've got just over a point a game uh, or slightly above that in the last 18-19 games um, it's not the greatest of form but the start of the season uh, we did okay, you know. We got, I think, we got 13 points from the first six games, which is really promotion form. It's automatic form. But then, if you look at the form, uh, at what we've done, we, I think we got about 31 points from next 24, 25 games. That keeps you out of the relegation zone. So, so we we're going from being brilliant to not being brilliant. There has got to be another run before the end of the season. And if we have it now, I think we'll get in the playoffs. If, if we don't do anything against Luton on Wednesday, if we get beaten by Luton, then the season's done as far as I'm concerned. Not done just because they're on the pitch, but the fans will lose heart too. To be honest, Andrew, I think they already are. 
Do you? I think you really are. Do you think they'll come back in droves, God willing, on Wednesday? I, I think, no, not on, a, not on a night match, no. But I, th- I think that, to be honest, people people have seen the form that you've just mentioned where it, it seems like a point of game and, and stuff like that. It, it's, we're looking like a mid-table team at this moment in time. I know we've made okay, some good signs. let signed. me ask you a question. I'm sorry I'm talking over you, but let me ask you this question then. I think that nearly every every team in this league, and that's the reason why it's so competitive, is that nearly every team's as much similar. It's like they're much of a muchness, right? It, it, the, to me, there's only one standout team, and that's Fulham. And even they've had a bad match, right? I I think because every team, most teams are much of a muchness. There is that people say, how can you expect Stoke to go on a great run now, given how they've played? But it's easy. Nearly all the teams are the same. There's nothing to say that Stoke can't go on a good run. No, no, there isn't. But there's also there's no see there if we go on a bad run and lose two Absolutely. or three. Absolutely. And and you you could you, I'm normally glass half empty, let alone half full. Sometimes it's like a colander having sported Stoke for as long as I have. But if you if you look at it, then a lot of people could rightly turn around and say. This season's a missed opportunity. The last two matches we've chucked away. But I'm saying we're still in touch with the playoffs. Six points at this stage of the season is not insurmountable. No, it's not. It's not It's not a thingy. But it's, we've been saying this now for um, how many weeks now have we been saying that it's been six points? We're not that far away. But then the problem is what we're having is that when we win, everyone else seems win. And, we, and then whenever we draw, the other teams win. And then when it, it, it seems like we're battling against it at the moment when you're battling against teams. I can't see them dropping the points, though. Like you said, so, now Sheffield United are looking really good at the moment. They've really yeah. come into I form. That, I, I know, I, I regret that one. But they, they look like no, they, they were going to... Yeah. They, they I didn't tell you that Sheffield United would be in the top six. And I, I remember um, your first word was not. Your second word was ah. And the third way there was chance. I think there was a swear and I word think in there. They've got every chance. I think there was a swear word in there. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it began with R. <laughs> but, but when you look at it, you've got to try and look at things you haven't got to because most sporters don't. But if you look at the club's history and you look at where we went from being good Premier League team to average to just avoiding relegation a couple of times whatever people say, we just avoided it, we all knew we were heading the wrong way, to going down that deep slope, spending 50-odd million one transfer window, getting worse and worse, getting a manager in that was not going to keep us up, getting another manager in that tried his best, but just for some unknown reason uh, didn't suit the club, and has now gone back to Luton and looks like he's doing okay, right? There's got to be significant changes made at the football club, and they've got to. There's got to be a, a different structure in place, and also a different culture. And I think Michael O'Neill's changed the culture of the players at the football club, and they all want to play. The downside is at this moment in time, the likes of Jaden Philogene Bedace, the likes of Taylor Harwood Bellis, right? They may not be with us next season. This is what Stoke are going to have to go through for another couple of years. Yes, he's brought to the likes of um, DiMaggio Wright-Phillips. Yes, Tyrese Campbell's on his way back. I've no doubt that when Harry Suter comes back, Stoke will, if he comes back as good as we hope, 
Stoke will be a much better team just for the benefit of having a ball-playing centre-half who can help set up attacks. So I don't really want to go up. Yeah, I'd love to go up. But I don't want to be in Norwich where you're yo-yoing up and down and going between divisions. I, I would rather uh, have a team like we had before that everybody thought was going to be cannon fodder that goes up and stays up for a long time. And I do really believe that if we don't do it this year... We'll do it next year. I think we'll be like Brentford. They had a couple of years of missing out. I think the players we've got will learn from it. And I think the structure of the club and the culture of the players will have been changed sufficiently by this manager, right, that that I think it's inevitable that we will go up. Yeah, I agree that there's, there's a culture there. I mean, if we did go up this year... It, I don't know would the would the owners spend the required money. We don't we don't know at this point. I mean we can't judge because there's never really been a spending spree with with John Coates. So let's be honest. Apart from when we got relegated, but that was they'll spend the money. But that was parachute payments, wasn't it? Yeah, but they'll spend the money. And the other thing, the last thing I'll point out to you before I let you get a word in, is um, if you take away our good form that we've had, right, then we would undoubtedly be in the battle to avoid relegation. But our periods of not playing well for the vast majority of the time have come when we've had the injuries, like when Suter first got injured. He's the best defender we've got in our books, so we struggled to get round that until the January transfer window. Powell, for everybody saying we should re-sign Powell, and I hope we do because he says he's happy at the club, right? His in- it's OK saying that there'll be lots of fans, you probably included, although I shouldn't say that, will be saying, give him whatever he wants to sign a new contract. Why? His injury record's terrible. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's how thing, good yeah. somebody is with how often they play. When he doesn't play, we aren't half the team we are, right? And when Campbell's not been playing great up until uh, the odd match, you, you, we're struggling there. You can't expect to be, to be a brilliant force if you're losing your three best players, your best defender, Suter, your best attacker, Campbell, and probably everybody would say your best midfielder, Powell. Right, so you, you've got to give, uh, you've got to say, yeah, we've been unlucky, but we might be unlucky next year. But I think if if you look at um, if Powell gets back, and I hope he plays on Wednesday, I personally don't think he will, but I hope he plays on Wednesday because we are a much better team when he's playing without. He can make a huge difference himself. But when he comes back, there is no reason why we can't go on a six to eight game massive winning spree. And I've said it all along, and I think I said it in the last podcast March will be the turning point for this football club I honestly believe that March will be our best month of the season well we'll take that but we'll right, move so I've you to death. I, I, I just want to get a word in really to be honest at that point ok sorry but, uh, we'll <laughs> I'll, move... I'll just play a tune now while you carry on right so put Put the prodigy on. But what we're going to do is we'll move in now to Luton which we're playing midweek under the lights at the Bet365 I'm positive and a little bit unpositive now. What do you reckon to that game? Win. Win. Why do you think we're going to beat Nathan Jones's Barmy Army that we used to sing? Right, well, I'll keep it short. Simply, the players. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we've already beaten this season. It was 1-0 at Luton. We've already beat them. Yeah, I'm positive. I, I think Liam Moore will come back in for, for Jaggy Alkit. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that time and kicks back in again, hopefully. Uh, I think Philogene will will batter them, but I said that against Birmingham. I thought his pace would have made it Birmingham, but they, they held him quite well, to be honest. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm not going to go in with a big score again. 
like I did last week and make a fool of myself. Four one miles out. I think it's just because I got because I got it right the week before. I think I just got excited and went in four one because I was just too excited because of the win against Swansea. But I'm going to go in with a, another win midweek, a one nil win. Take two one. We've got, we've got to get a win, haven't we? If, if we if we are going to get towards the playoffs, we need beat Luton. We need to get back in touch with it. I mean, we are, we aren't dropping points to an extent of losing, which is a good sign at the moment, which does do go in his favour a bit. I mean, if we can go on a run now, get something against Luton, and then we've got a Saturday match, which is. You do know who it is. It's just a cheap little run down the road to Bournemouth. Oh. Right, so what are we going to predict on the Bournemouth game? <laughs> I'm going to predict a very early start for me. Um, I'm going to predict traffic all the way down. Uh, I think a lot of Stoke fans will make a long weekend of it. And I, I actually, for some mad, insane reason, think Stoke will win. I don't know where you're getting that reason from. <laughs> it's madness. Pure deluded madness. I'll but take... I think we will win. I do honestly think we'll win. And you know what? It doesn't matter who's the manager of Bournemouth now. I just don't. I just don't like them anymore. Um, and it's not not just the Eddie Howe factor. I thought they were a little bit strange when they played us up here earlier on. I think we'll win. We own one. The end. We'll beat them. Right. I'll and see. we'll have six points when we should have had nine. And um, sorry, we'll have seven points where we should have had nine. And then that won't be too bad. What do you think? Uh, I think we'll lose down at Bournemouth. It's you being so positive that keeps me going. I just don't think we'll do it. Bournemouth are a good side. I don't care what anybody says. I think we've spent well. I mean, I still to this day I can't believe how they've got Todd Cantwell from Norwich. I don't know how they've managed to pull that off. I've, ne- I've never, like, in all my life, I've never known a championships team steal the best player off a Premier League team. I've never known it. I know Norwich are coming back down. We know there's going to be a play, a play swap because I can't see Bournemouth slipping out of that top two to be honest, okay. especially with Steve Bruce going at West Brom, which is, to me, the most daftest decision I've ever seen. Yeah, me. But they're a good side, Bournemouth. They're quick. They've got some really good players. I think Solanke is growing growing this season into a very good striker. Cantwell's there. They've, they've got a good side. And the problem is with us, it depends who's fit and who isn't. If, is, there a, is there a chance we've got Powell back by that game? I don't know. Because I think without Powell getting up against that Bournemouth side, I know they're hit and miss. We've been hit and miss for a long time, but they seem to grab results when they need them. And yeah. I, I just can't see us doing anything. I, I, I was trying to be positive before with the Fulham when I said we'd win three two. We ended up losing three two. But if I'm going to put my serious head on, I think we'll lose two one down there. Right. 
because they're very disappointed in you. But but it's it's just an honest. But you're only going through blind optimism, as you said before. (laughs) (laughs) I just got a bit more realistic. Yeah. Right. So before we end, we'll have a talk about the ladies. How the ladies got on? Well, the reserves match, as you would expect, given that we we both arrived for this podcast in an arc. uh, That match was called off because of a waterlogged pitch. But the ladies were at Sporting Calsa in the um, semi-final of the S. Staffordshire Football Association Challenge Cup and um, it's taken 120 minutes uh, for this match to be decided in atrocious conditions and do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, we'll go with bad face, I'm, I'm not kind of guy. Well the bad news is if you're a sporting Calcer fan, bad luck and the good news is Becky Knight scored the only goal for Stoke to win and get to the Staffordshire FA Cup final um, in 120 minutes. That's oh, so some gas. Great news. We're into a final, but who else is in the Staffordshire Cup? Well, whoever. Te- there's only two teams now. One of them's us, and I don't care the other one is because we are there to win it. <laughs> it's like being back in the 50s, into when used to play in the Staffordshire Men's Cup. It was like just Stoke and Vale in the final. Yeah, 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 but now um, don't let's talk about them anymore. <laughs> I mean, that was the one thing that was keeping me going yesterday when Sammy had scored. It's terrible, really. You shouldn't be like that. Yeah, you shouldn't be like that. Not nowadays. Not when we haven't played them for 20-odd years because <laughs> of that crap. Um, yeah, and long to another 20. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully they don't exist by another 20 years, to be honest. Yeah. No, I don't. That's awesome. I'm not going that far. But, yeah, that's sort of one done. It's a bit of a depressing one, mainly because of Ange. But, but... <laughs> Let's hope for six points in the next two games and we come back cheery next time, Ange. Yes, and um, hopefully, when you... Are you working this week? Yeah, I'm working this week, yeah. Do you have a doctorate in delusion? No, no. No, All right, well, you will have if you can just get on the course because you're the most deluded, miserable fan I've ever had the misfortune to do a podcast with. Apart from that, I really like you. Uh, Apart apart from that, you're the one who was going through blind optimism (laughs) and delusion for Stoke beat beat Bournemouth. Yeah, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. So that's another one done. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, make sure you tell your friends. Word of mouth means a hell of a lot to a podcast like ourselves. The, the numbers are growing, so we, obviously you're doing a grand job of doing that. We're on every podcast platform, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes. And if you are on iTunes, if you could do the great honour of putting it down a, a five-star review, it means a hell of a lot to me. It means a hell of a lot to Anne. She'll say it next week. We're on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just go in there, type the Potters podcast in. You'll find us dead easy. And if you're also like what we're about there's a group page on facebook called the potters which is a lot more of me so thanks for listening to all the best